holy schedule. And I'm not even talking about March Madness because it hasn't started yet. Today being Saturday, March 11th. It is right around the corner though. And I'm going to be glued in, tuned in, watching them all. I just got the A-OK to bring in my tablet to work, to watch games while I'm working. Air quotes are being thrown all over the edge of your seat podcast studio as I am saying these words. You know, I'll try. I'll try my best. But it's basketball season, baby. And it has been IHSA style too. And I've been all over the place. I covered LaSalle, Peru, Ottawa in their end of season right before playoffs game. Then I was at the Class 2A Burrow Valley Regional for the semifinal between the Princeton and Hall boys basketball teams. Princeton won that one. Then the regional championship game between Princeton and Stillman Valley. Princeton won that one. I was not able to go and film for Star Rock Media like I did in the previous games that I just said for playoffs because if a school has a contract with NFHS, then another outlet can't come in there because NFHS has a contract with IHSA. It's all money deal. It's all politics. It's the United States of America. That's how it goes. So, wasn't able to film the sectional semifinal between Princeton and Rock Ridge, but I listened to our guys, Star Rock Media, WLPO, Rick Sipovic, and Pat Cheneau as Princeton fell 64-46 to Rock Ridge ending their season. But don't get it twisted. 32-3 is an amazing season. They did their thing. I did speak to Coach Jason Smith, senior stud Grady Thompson, and senior stud Tegan Davis, friend of Edge of Your Podcast. So is Jason Smith. And now Grady is too. Talk to them at different points of the season. And that will be on next. I think I got them up next. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they were talking about the season. They went 20-0. I believe it was 22-0 before they lost to U-High. Then they lost to Pleasant Plains and then the playoff game. Lots of amazing accomplishments in the mix. But I'll let them talk about it when we get to that point. Also, last weekend, the girls' championship games, I was paying attention to Byron, trying to see if Byron was going to win another state championship under Hall alum Eric Yearly. It did not happen, but a second-place finish, an overall amazing season for the Lady Tigers. Congrats to Byron, as well as Princeton, and all of our teams that competed in the IHSA postseason. The championship games for the dudes We're on tonight. We didn't have any local contenders, and I had to get this podcast done. Had to. And earlier in the day, I refereed my final four games of the season, and now I'm on a hiatus until June when I start summer ball. However, however, I might just be coaching some Little League, and I might just be umpiring Little League baseball in Mendota. Don't know yet for sure, don't have all the details, but I might just be officiating 11 months out of the year. I'll have April as my lone getaway vacation 
whatever you want to call it, month of the year. But it's all good because it's not even like I'm working. I'm doing what I love. And that's bringing you Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. Don't know where you're listening to this episode, but you can listen to all Edge of Your Seat Podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That's with an S, it is plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. On the socials, check out Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. If you're looking for my individual ones, go ahead and add me too. That's Brandon LaChance. The name looks like L.A. Chance. And on all of the plugs that were just mentioned, please like, review, star, comment, all of those good things. Help us out. Move us up the rankings so people can find out about all the awesomeness happening in Illinois. If you have a question, suggestion, want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you like something I say or a guest says, or you don't, or if you'd like to sponsor Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the love, the shout out to Brian Cavelli of Cavelli Productions, who made the intro and outro beat for every single episode. And this episode is brought to you by... First State Bank. Great bank all over the place in Illinois. 19 different locations all over the place. Google it. Firststatebank.biz. B-I-Z is the website. Of course, there's a www in front. We find out all their locations. They are all over the place. The one's right off the top of my head. Mendota. There's two in Mendota, actually. Ottawa, Princeton, Lamoille, Aurora, DeKalb, Rochelle. McNabb, West Brooklyn, Streeter, and many, many, many more. 19 of them. It is a great bank, great people. I worked there for two years. Amazing. I have actually banked there since 2009. I was looking the other day, see if I had any statements to see when I first started banking. But then I put my timetable, hourglass, map, all of those things together to figure out Yeah, you did it right before you came back for college. So then when you came back from college, you had a bank here. So yeah, right before I graduated from SIU in 2010, I got an account with First State Bank and we've been going strong ever since. I am very happy to have them as a sponsor for the podcast and they bring you every show because they're amazing. This is episode 255 and we're guest loaded. We got four of them, four. We're going to start with golf. Kiwani senior Maya Marocha finished tied for eighth in class 1A state golf meet at Red Tail Run Golf Course in Decatur, October 7th and 8th. That's when the girls state golf tournament was and she killed it. Tied for eighth. That is amazing. I don't know if you know how hard that is, but it is very, very hard. That's not easy. And we can do a little update since... Winter sports just ended recently. Maya Marocha also advanced to state in girls bowling. She was in the Eisenhower, which is in Decatur. So the Eisenhower girls bowling sectional. And she advanced with an 11.53 to be an advancing individual. So in the fall, she goes to state and ties for eighth in stake off. 
And then she qualifies for state in bowling in the winter sports. Probably going to have her on again at the end of the year because right now she's beginning track as she is a three-sport athlete. So we're going to start with Maya Marocha. Then we will have the Kiwani golf coach, Ryan Hansen. He is part of a family lineage of Hansen coaches that have been dominating the Kiwani golf program for the last 15 to 20 years. He's got that to talk about and obviously Maya Marocha. Then we're going to go to the tennis court with LaSalle Peru senior Carly Miller. She advanced to state as she has before and she won her first match at the 1A state meet which was at Buffalo Grove. So she was doing big things in state tournaments as well. And then we're joined by legendary Hall football coach Gary Vassini. He was inducted to the Illinois Valley News Tribune Hall of Fame in June of last year, June of 2022. We got to speak for a story and I was like, hey man, we're going to throw this on the podcast too. And his stories are timeless. I just edited it and I went back and listened to him again because what he's talking about, the stories of Hall football, being a teacher, just a couple life lessons in there. And I was like, man, I really like listening to Gary Vassini talk and being able to chat with him to get that talk out of him. It was an honor, definitely a privilege. Also, here's another update. Throughout this basketball season, I got to ref with him a couple times. I believe at Trinity in Peru. Thinking for a second. Yep, I believe that's where we were at. And it was a lot of fun refing with him. The conversation that you're about to hear in this show was the first time that we spoke. I had wrote his name a million times, wrote stories on him, you know, kind of things like that, but never spoke with him. And then when we were refing together was the first time I met him in person and it was a blast. He's a great guy. Had a lot of fun working with him. We're also going to have win, lose, stat. Got to love that. It is our version of just a rundown of everything that's been going on. We are still trying to catch up, like I said, with the scheduling craziness that's been going on. Haven't had a show since February 22nd, but March is calming down and we are about to hit this podcast hard. There are so many interviews in the vault, so many things we got to talk about. And I'm like freaking out, like like shaking here because I want to get them all out at the same time. But unfortunately, time doesn't work that way. Editing doesn't work that way. And you know how it goes. We're human beings. It just is what it is. But win, loser stat will be going on from February 2nd to February 8th is the section that we're going to break down. We got some postseason with competitive cheer, girls bowling, and boys wrestling, and we will continue it flowing. That's what we do here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Huge shout out to you guys for listening. Keep coming back. I know there's been irregularities in scheduling and when they come out, things like that. We are going to get back on a schedule. So many changes, career paths, side jobs, everything that goes on in a person's life has been happening at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We've had this conversation before and then something else happens. And then we have this conversation again and something else happens. Hopefully we're in the clear. Things are good. And we just move on to amazing, amazing podcast on a regular schedule where you get to hear from these great people on a more regular basis than usual or before. 
So let's start right there. Let's go win, lose stat. Like I said, February 2nd to February 8th. We're going to start with Thursday, February 2nd. Boys basketball, Samanak 94, Indian Creek 75. For Indian Creek, Jeff Probst had 44 points, broke the school record, which was 40 in a game by Trevor Guerrero. Probst now the holder, 44 points. Hinkley Big Rock, 57, Earlville, 46, which was a little 10 conference semifinal for Hinkley. Ben Hinchke had 23 points, hit five threes. Martin Ledbetter had 13 points and 11 rebounds. For Earlville, Garrett Cook, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Ryan Browder, 11 points, and Adam Waite had 10 points and 19 rebounds. Genoa Kingston lost to North Boone, 67-63. For GK, Josh Bunting, 19 points, John Cougar, 14, and Nate Kleba, 10. Girls basketball, Kiwani beat Mendota, 51-45. For the Lady Boilermakers, Hannah Tiska had 22, Marissa Stevens had 13. The Lady Trojans of Mendota were led by Rihanna Brantz, 21, and Katie Jenner had 10 points. El Paso Gridley fell to Tremont, 55-39. For EPG, Maddie Earhart had 15 points as she knocked down five threes. Fieldcrest beat Deer Creek Mackinac, 62-54. Fieldcrest was down 11 in the third quarter, but came back to win. For the Knights, Ashlyn May, 19 points, 9 in the fourth quarter. Carolyn McGow and Haley Carver had 13 points each. And Caitlin White had 12 points. Oregon, 67. North Boone, 53. For Oregon, Hadley Lutz had 29 points. And Elizabeth Drake had 18. Streeter fell 71-19 to Hersher. Princeton beat IVC, 61-58. For the Lady Tigers, Cam Driscoll hit seven threes, finishing with 22 points. Maya Fox had 15 points. And this win ties the school record with wins as it was number 24. Burrow Valley beat Hall 26-24. Sycamore defeated Kalen 50-40. And Marquette slid by Putnam County 44-42. Friday, February 3rd, let's start some postseason breakdowns, starting with competitive cheer. Friday, February 3rd, let's get to some postseason breakdowns. Competitive cheer, this was the state meet. Morris and Samanak had both made it to state, they qualified, and then the state meet happened February 3rd and 4th at Grossinger Motors Arena in Bloomington. Morris did not earn a medal, but Samanak, In the small town bracket, finished tied for 7th with 86.8 points. Johnsburg won it with 93.83. Congrats to Samanak, 7th place in competitive cheer. That's not easy to do. There's teams from all over the place, and Samanak was in the mix. Good for them. Mad props. Girls Bowling Regionals started February 4th. And we have a lot of amazing bowlers in this area, that's for sure. We will begin with the Bowling Book Regional. Oswego won it with a 59-40. Yorkville came in ninth with a 42-61. 
advancing for Yorkville with senior Cheyenne Pedersen with a 10.55 and sophomore Emma Taft with a 10.19. The Dixon Regional, and let's drop a FYI for your information, the top four teams advance and the top five individuals not on an advancing team. The Dixon Regional, LaSalle, Peru, the big winners, 58-04. Dixon came in second, 51-41. St. Bede was third at 50-83, and Kiwani fourth with a 50-39. All four of those teams qualified. Sterling came in fifth with a 48-62, and Geneseo seventh with a 47-05. For LaSalle, Peru, the regional champs, Olivia Weber, she's a junior. She had a 13.84 to win the individual regional championship. Christine Ritchie, she's a senior. And sophomore Annalise Ritchie, their sisters, both had 11.96. Junior Mackenzie Hamilton had 11.79. For Dixon, they were led by senior Grace DeBoard had an 11.95. Freshman Allison Koss had 1100 and sophomore Autumn Swift had a 1062. St. Bede was led by Aubrey Akunchis, she's a junior, with 1125. Senior Madeline Torrance and freshman Maddie Fabish both had a 1083. Kiwani, senior Maya Marocha, you'll hear from her very shortly, had a 1208. And sophomore Christina Armstrong had a 1022. Individual advancers. Sterling senior Hannah Kunderman had an 11.26, and freshman Olivia Barton, also from Sterling, had a 10.34. Hall senior Sarah Beyer had a 10.25, and Geneseo senior Sarah Lawrence had a 10.22. At the Freeport Regional, Hananiga won with a 58.91, and Oregon was 7th with a 50.24. Advancing out of the Regional for Oregon was the Regional Champ, Senior Ava Wright bowled a 12.90 to not only win a regional championship, but move on to the sectional. At the Joliet West Regional, Joliet West won with a 59.15. Ottawa was 6th with a 46.07. Streeter took 9th with a 39.59. And Morris was 11th with a 37.27. Advancing were two bowlers out of Ottawa, freshmen. Lindy DeHuse with a 10.91 and sophomore Anna Ziglis with a 9.54. At the Maple Park Regional, which is Canelan, Sycamore won with a 54.92 to be the regional champs. Rochelle was fourth with a 47.82. DeKalb was sixth with a 43.76. For Sycamore, senior Brandy Stover had 11.94. Senior Maxine Lathrop had an 11.41. Senior Kiera Wittenberg had an 11.04. Sophomore Caitlin Ryder, 10.37. And freshman Caitlin Dorner, a 10.16. For Rochelle, sophomore Cassidy Vincent had a 12.21. Individuals advancing, DeKalb senior Caden Royalty had a 10.63. And she was joined by two more Lady Barbs. Sophomore Paige Lewis, a 9.55, and junior Mackenzie Condon, a 9.50. Those were the regionals for girls bowling. So next time you hear us, we will get to the sectionals and then the state meet. Boys wrestling regionals also happen to be February 4th. 
At the 3A Moline Regional, Yorkville was the regional champ with a 213.5 point finish. Woo! 213.5. That is a lot of points in a regional. They bested eight teams. Yorkville's placers, they had 12 of 14 placers. That means advancers to the sectional and four regional champions. At 106, Liam Finaglio finished second. At 126, Dominic Riccia finished second. Regional champ at 132 was Jack Ferguson, followed by another regional champ at 138 in Dom Coronado. 145, Ryder Janisco was second. 152, Cam Peach finished third. 160, Sebastian Westfall was third. Regional champ at 170 and Luke Zook. At 182, Colin Stevens finished fourth. 195, regional champion in Hunter Janisco. 220, Ben Alvarez finished third. And at 285, Logan Finaglio finished second. Class 3A Geneva Regional. St. Charles East won with 274.5. DeKalb took third with a 176 advancing. 12 of their 14 wrestlers advanced to sectional. For DeKalb at 106, Caden Claproot was second. 113, Eduardo Castro was second. 120, Jalen Earhart was third. 126, Ethan Schultz was third. 132, Hudson Eakins kept with the trend. He was third. 138, Makai Cave finished fourth. 145, Austin Martin was second. 152, Jacob Luce was third. 160, Sean Kokobeck was third. 195, David Stewart was fourth. 220, Lamar Bradley was second. 285, Nehemiah Erickson was fourth. Class 2A Sterling Regional. Geneseo won with a 236. Congrats to Geneseo for winning a regional championship. Sterling was third, so they advanced with 143 points. With 47 points, Ottawa was sixth. Streeter was 7th with 34, and LaSalle Peru was 8th with 32. For Geneseo, they were 14 of 14, sending a wrestler to sectional in each of the 14 weight classes. They had four regional champions. Sterling sent 10 out of 14 wrestlers to the sectional that had one regional champion. Ottawa sent three to the sectional. Streeter also sent three, and LaSalle Peru sent two. Advancers 106, the winner, regional champ, Geneseo's Tim Sebastian. Finishing third was Ottawa's Ivan Munoz. And finishing fourth was Streeter's Nicholas Paulette. 113, finishing second, Sterling's Zion Westbrook. Third was Devin Hornbeck of Geneseo. 120, finishing second of Geneseo was Grady Hull. Streeter's Jesus Martinez finished fourth. At 126, Bryce Beeler was second. He's of Geneseo. Finishing third was Carson Strohmeyer of Sterling. And fourth was Ryland Rinkowitz of LaSalle, Peru. 132, regional champion from Geneseo, Zachary Montez. Finishing fourth was Sterling's Landon Kenny. 138, taking second was Sterling's Dylan Otens. Geneseo's Malachi Jackson finished third, and Ottawa's Malachi Snyder was fourth. 
145 winning regional championship, Geneseo's Kai Wizenzero. Third was Austin Clemens from Sterling. 152 regional champ from Geneseo, Josh Hawk. 160, another regional champion, this time from Sterling, Thomas Tate. Geneseo's Aiden Damewood was second, and Stephen Goplin of Streeter was fourth. At 170, third was Gage Tate from Sterling, and Geneseo's Logan Palmer was fourth. At 182, second was Landon Shoemaker of Geneseo, and third was Chase Ulrich from Sterling. 195, Geneseo's Aaron Betcher was second, and Diego Leal of Sterling was third. At 220, Connor Lorden was a regional champ. He's from LaSalle, Peru. Coming in second was Geneseo's Tim Stoll, and third was Charles Medro from Ottawa. And at 285, Geneseo's Lou Norman was second, and Sterling's Javier Luna was third. Class 2A Rockford East Regional. Winning it all was Crystal Lake Central with 234. Finishing second was Rochelle with 190.5. For Rochelle, they had five regional champions and 12 out of 14 advanced to sectional. At 106, coming in third was Freddie Hernandez. 113, regional champion Tommy Tordat. At 120, finishing second, Xavier Villalobos. 126, regional champion Joseph Nadig. And at 145, another regional champion in Brendan Voigt. 152, finishing second, Grant Gensler. 160, with a fourth place finish, Eric Metzger. 170, Taken fourth, Roman Villalobos. 182, regional champion, Brock Medzger. 195, finishing third, George Driggs. 220, regional champion, Caden Morris. 285, took fourth, Robert Stolfel. At the Class 2A Burlington Central Catholic Regional, Sycamore, the regional champs with the 176. Kainlin finished second with the 154. And Morris fifth with a 93. The team breakdowns. Sycamore had 10. Oh, and so did Kainlin. Both schools had 10 out of 14 advanced to sectional. Sycamore won three regional championships and Kainlin won two. Morris also won two regional championships and sent six to sectionals. At 106, Owen Satter from Morris, the regional champion. Sycamore's Michael Olson took second. 113, Tyler Lockhart from Sycamore was second. Morris's Brandon Anderson was fourth. At 120, finishing second, Cameron Schroll from Caneland. And fourth was Carter Skolf from Morris. 126, Alex Goches from Caneland. And third, Kasdan Klinker from Morris. 132, regional champion from Caneland. Caden Grabowski. And then finishing fourth was Logan Sandfox from Sycamore. 138, Kyle Rogers from Kalen was fourth. 145, regional champion from Morris, Tyler Semlar. Taken second was Jaden Cochran from Sycamore, and Kalen's Jack Gruber was fourth. At 152, Sycamore's Gus Cabanar was second, Kalen's Christian Duffing was third, and Ian Willis from Morris was fourth. 160, Zach Crawford from Sycamore Regional Champion, followed by another Sycamore Regional Champion at 170 in Cooper Bode. 
Finishing second at 170 was Caneland's Cole Olson. 182, fourth place finish from Caneland's Nolan Hosking. 195, regional champion from Sycamore, Gable Carrick. And finishing second was Max Pytak from Caneland. At 220, regional champion from Caneland, Nate Diaz. Taking third, Sycamore's Ethan Bode. And at 285, Sycamore's Lincoln Cooley was second. Class 1A, Richmond Burton Regional. Woodstock Marion won it all with a 218, and Genoa Kingston took fifth with 85 points. Genoa Kingston sent six of its 14 wrestlers to the sectional. At 113, taking second was Shaden McNew. 120, Nathan Brenning came in fourth. 145, Nathan Dutton came in fourth. 152 with a second place finish. Brady Bruick, 170, Xander Gleisner was second, and Julian Torres took second at 195. In the Class 1A Riverdale Regional, Riverdale won it all with a 219. Rock Falls took fourth with 86, and Newman was seventh with 68 points. For Rock Falls and for Newman, they each had five wrestlers advance to sectional. At 106, Taking third was Rock Falls' Josiah Tarbill. At 120, taking second was Rock Falls' Aaron Meenan. And fourth was Briar Ivy from Newman. 126, Newman's Brady Grennan was second. 138, Newman's Carter Rood was second. 145, Newman had Daniel Kelly take fourth. 152, Rock Falls' Ryan McCord was fourth. Rock Falls had another fourth place finish at 170 from Emmanuel Jameson. 195, another fourth place finish, this time Newman, Jacob Newberry. And at 285, Rock Falls, Jacob Hasslerl was second. Class 1A Pontiac Regional, El Paso Gridley won it. Regional champs with 201 points. They won four regional championships and sent 10 of the 14 wrestlers to sectional. At 106, finishing fourth was Nolan Whitman. 120, taking second, Logan Gibson. At 132, Parker Key was third. 138, regional champion in Tyler Rolfe. 145, Waylon Melick was second. Regional championship at 160 from Dax Gentis. Regional championship at 170 from Ethan Whitman. And at 182, another regional championship from Cody Langland. At 195, taking second was Parker Duffy. And taking fourth at 220 was Chris Blackmore. The Class 1A Polo Regional. Lino Winslow won it all with a 203. Oregon came in third with a 149. Stillman Valley was fourth with a 128.5. Dixon was fifth with 120. Princeton took sixth with a 108.5. Byron had 70 points for seventh. Polo 57 for eighth. And Amboy had 33 for ninth. School breakdowns, Oregon sent seven to sectional, Stillman Valley, eight to sectional, Dixon, seven to sectional, Princeton, five to sectional, and one regional champion. Byron sent four to sectional, Polo, three to sectional with one regional champion, and Amboy sent two to sectional with one regional champion. At 106, a regional champion from Polo, Josiah Perez. 
Finishing second was Princeton's Augustus Swanson and Stillman Valley's Michael Panerel came in third. At 113, another regional champion in Amboy's Landon Blanton. Aiden Rowley from Dixon was second. Mac Jones from Stillman Valley was third. And Oregon's Jackson Messenger was fourth. 120, taken second was Preston LeBay from Oregon. Third was Gavin Kramer from Dixon. And fourth was Caden Gibson from Princeton. At 126, Henry Hildreth from Stillman Valley was second, and Polo's Lucas Nelson was third. At 132, Polo took second from Wyatt Doty. Princeton was third with Ace Christensen, and Amboy took fourth from Levi Near. 138, taking second, Lane Helverson from Oregon, and taking third, Cade Hay from Dixon. 145, regional champion from Princeton, Augie Christensen. Taking second was Seth Stevens from Oregon. Third was Aiden Livingston from Stillman Valley. At 152, Jack Seacrest from Stillman Valley was second. Oregon's Grant Slender was third. And Byron's Carson Ben was fourth. At 160, Anthony Bauer from Oregon was third. At 170, Dixon Stephen Kitzman was second. And Oregon's Gabe Eckerd was third. At 182, Kyle Jones from Byron was second. Stillman Valley's Andrew Forcier was third. And Dixon's Owen Brooks was fourth. At 195, Josh Harris from Byron was third. And Ethan Mick from Dixon was fourth. At 220, taking third was Jared Clunch from Byron. And taking fourth was Braxton Jennings from Stillman Valley. At 285, Kate O'Dell from Princeton was second. Sean DeVries from Dixon was third. And Blake Mullet from Stillman Valley was fourth. The Class 1A Plano Regional, Yorkville Christian won it all with a 268. Sandwich was third with a 167. Plano fourth with a 101.5. Mendota was eighth with a 23. And Samanac was ninth with seven points. The team breakdowns, Yorkville Christian all 14 wrestlers advanced to sectional, seven regional championships. Sandwich sent 11 to sectional with one regional champion. Plano sent six to sectional with one regional champion. Mendota sent two wrestlers and Samanak sent one. At 106, a regional champion in Yorkville's Aiden Larson. 113, Jack Forth from Sandwich was second and Eli Foster from Yorkville Christian was third. At 120, regional championship for Yorkville Christian from Ty Edwards. Finishing fourth was Nate Hill from Sandwich. 126, Caden Kern was second from Sandwich. Tristan Gleason from Yorkville Christian was third. Aiden Rowan from Samanac was fourth. 132, Noah Dial from Yorkville Christian, the regional champion, and taking second was Sandwich's Miles Quarter. 138, Regional champion, Yorkville Christians, Grayson Johnson. Taking second, Cy Smith from Sandwich. Fourth was Trivion Guilford from Plano. 145, Drew Torza from Yorkville Christian was second. And Kai Kern from Sandwich was fourth. At 152, regional champion from Sandwich, Nolan Bobby. Second was John Isaac Gray from Yorkville Christian. And third was Caden Ronning from Plano. 160 regional champion from Yorkville Christian and Tyler Martinez. Plano's Gio Diaz was second. Sandwich's Josh Lehman was third. 170 
Jackson Gillen from Yorkville Christian. He's the regional champion. And finishing second was Bryce Decker from Sandwich. At 182, another regional champion from Yorkville Christian, Christopher Durbin. Second was Plano's Richie Emakiri. And fourth was Sandwich's Parker Anderson. At 195, Yorkville Christian's Jeremy Loomis was second. And Cesar Garcia was third. He's from Sandwich. At 220, Plano's regional champ, Elias Perez. Finishing second, Jackson Mihoko from Yorkville Christian. And fourth, Albert Harris from Mendota. At 285, Plano's Alex Diaz finished second. Angel Serrano from Mendota was third. And Garrett Tunnel from Yorkville Christian was fourth. The Class 1A Kiwani Regional. Kiwani won it all with a 232.5. St. Bede was sixth with 63. Putnam County Hall was 11th with 11 points. Kiwani sent 12 to sectional, four regional champions. St. Bede sent four to sectional with a regional champ, and Putnam County did not have any advancers. At 106, Kiwani's Kingston Peterson was third. 113, Chance to Splitter from Kiwani was third. Kiwani's Landon Greenhagen was fourth at 120. At 126, regional champ from Kiwani, Ben Taylor. 132, finishing second was Landon Mason, also from Kiwani. Kiwani with the regional champ at 138 and Will Taylor. Kiwani's Parker DeBoer took third at 145. Back-to-back Kiwani regional champions, 152 and Max Kelly and 160, Jackson Hicks. Also at 160, St. Bede's Garrett Connolly was fourth. 170, Jackson Hawkins from Kiwani was third. Grady Gillian from St. Bede was fourth. 182, taken second was Kiwani's Alejandro Duarte. And third was St. Bede's Jack Miglarini. St. Bede's lone regional champ came at 195 from Ryan Miglarini. And 220, Kiwani's Douglas Swearingen was second. Class 1A Reed Custer Regional. Cole City won it all with a 286.5. Seneca was fifth with a 107. Seneca had seven wrestlers move on to sectional. At 106 for Seneca, finishing third was Kyler Hahn. 113, also taking third was Ethan Othon. At 145, Nate Othon was fourth. 160, also taking fourth, Asher Hamby. At 170, Colin Wright was third. 195, Chris Pera was second, and at 285, Alex Wood took fourth. And that is this win-lose stats version of the playoff breakdown. Let's get back to regular season as it was on Friday, February 3rd. In boys' hoops, Ottawa 70, Rochelle 54. Stillman Valley beat Oregon 79-68. For Stillman Valley, Owen Dunseth had 24, Alex Ron had 17, and Brett Pierce had 16. For Oregon, Noah Johnson had 18, Jacob Vigliando had 15, and Jordan Krogart had 11. El Paso Gridley, 79, Tremont, 63. El Paso Gridley outscored Tremont 23-10 in the second quarter. That gave them the oomph that they needed to win. For EPG, Micah Meese had 29 points, Jonah Funk had a double-double of 20 points and 13 rebounds, and Shonsei Maxson had 15 points. In a third place, 
Little Ten Conference Tournament game, Newark defeated Earlville 59-43. For Earlville, Garrett Cook had 17 points. Adam Waite had 12 points and 21 rebounds. Ryan Browder had 13 rebounds. Fieldcrest 56, DMAC 37. For Fieldcrest, Colton Kierfoot had 15. Landon Moudreau had 10. Princeton 76, Mendota 47. For Princeton, Tegan Davis and Grady Thompson had 21 points each. Colton Monroe had 16. Girls basketball, Amboy 45, Milledgeville 9. For Amboy, Maeve Larson had 11 points. Tyra Vossen and Addison Pertel had 10 points each. Saturday, February 4th, girls basketball, Morris 61, Wilmington 53. Fort Morris, Landry Callahan, 32 points and 20 rebounds for a nasty, nasty double-double. Serena beat Marquette. Coach Jim Yost for Serena. It was his 100th win. Congrats to him. That is a crazy milestone, and it takes a lot of hard work to get there. Congrats. Oregon 40, Kiwani 26. Boys basketball, Kiwani 67, Deer Creek Mackinac 30. For Kiwani, Brady Clark 21 points, Blaze Lewis 13 points. Amboy fell in overtime by one point to Christian Life 58 to 57. For Amboy, they were led by Troy Anderson's 14 and Eddie Jones's 23 points. El Paso Gridley fell to Nashville 40 to 39. This was at the Rich Heron Shootout in Benton. For EPG, Jonah Funk, 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 blocks. And Sean Say Maxson had 10 points. Nashville hit a 3-pointer in the final minute of the game to get the victory. Boys swimming at the Northern Illinois Independent Invite in Byron. Byron won with a 297. Mohamed Seymour had 245. And LaSalle, Peru had 195. For the LaSalle, Peru, Ottawa co-op, four of their 10 swimmers were gone. In the 200 medley relay, Byron won it. Levi Shamper, Nathan Bell, Gage Helfrich, and Tyson Polich with a 1 minute 46 second swim. 200 freestyle, Owen Phillips from LaSalle, Peru, 1 minute 51.28 seconds. The 50 freestyle, Kevin Malajandro from Byron, 26.26 seconds. The 100 butterfly, Levi Shamper from Byron, 54.65 seconds. The 100 freestyle, Owen Phillips in the winning column again from LP, 50.42. The 100 backstroke, Byron's Levi Shamper, he's back, 58.12. The 100 breaststroke, Gage Helfrich won from Byron, 1 minute, 3.26 seconds. The 400 freestyle relay, Byron took it. Levi Shamper, Gage Helfrich, Cade Polich, and Tyson Polich. 3 minutes, 33.24 seconds. This moves us on to Monday, February 6th. Girls basketball, Hinkley Big Rock 64, Indian Creek 24. For HBR, Anna Herman had 17. Kylie Hellebrand, 14, and Devin Warner had 12 points. Fieldcrest beat IVC 52-19. This was the 100th win for the senior class at Fieldcrest. 100 wins, 14 losses for 88% winning percentage in four seasons for this class. Congrats to them. That's pretty incredible. 
as a freshman squad, 28-6, sophomores, 11-2, that was a COVID year, and as juniors, 34-4. Seniors are 27-3, this was as of February 6th. Freshman Caitlin White, 17 points. Carolyn McGow had 10 points and 8 steals against IVC. Roanoke Benson, 44. El Paso Gridley, 29. Roanoke Benson's Brianna Harms had 29 points. And for EPG, Miley Earhart had 11. Kaylee Randall had 10 points and 16 rebounds. Burrow Valley, 59. St. Bede, 51. For Burrow Valley, they ran a box and one on St. Bede's Lily Bosnich. The defense of Nikki Kerber, Leslie Maynard, and Riley Egans made the win happen as we all know Lily Bosnich can put the ball in the bucket for the Lady Bruins. The leading scorer for BV was Kate Salisbury had 28 points as she shot 12 of 16 from the free throw line and she also grabbed 12 rebounds. Anawan 61, Princeville 48. For Anawan, Bella Van Opdorp had 17 points. Elena Manuel had 16. Olivia Goodley had 10. Marquette, 74. Flanagan, Cornell, Woodland, 41. For Marquette, Lily Craig had 17 points, 5 assists, and Chloe Larson had 16 points. Serena, 51. Imsa, 7. For Serena, this was their fourth straight Little 10 Conference regular season championship. They sealed it with this victory. Hall, 51. Kiwani, 47. For Hall, McKenna Christensen, 20. Tony Newton, 13. They shot 21 of 28 from the free throw line. Weathersfield, 55. Ridgewood, 25. For Weathersfield, Kennedy Anderson had 24 points. Newark, 59. Earlville, 35. Boys basketball, Princeton, 57. Newman, 36. Princeton went 12-0 in the Three Rivers Conference East Division. Back-to-back champs as they won it last year as well. Serena, 64. Imsa, 47. For Serena, Tanner Febre had 20. Bradley Armour had 8 points, 5 rebounds. And Richie Armour, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Rochelle, 82. Oregon, 74. For Rochelle, Eli Luxton, 24 points. Jack Tracy, 13. And Raul Aguirre had 12. For Oregon, Noah Johnson, 21. Anthony Bell, 17. Jordan Kroger, 13. And Jameson Capozzi, 11. Tuesday, February 7th. Girls basketball, Oregon, 49. South Beloit, 14. Hadley Lutz had 19 points for Oregon. Caneland, 65. Morris, 42. For Morris, Landry Callahan, 21 points and 13 rebounds. Amboy, 48. AFC, 25. For Amboy, Maeve Larson, a career-high 24 points as she also grabbed 13 rebounds and had two steals. Edison Pertel, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Ottawa, 59. Sandwich, 39. Samanak, 42. Dwight, 34. For Samanak, Haley McCoy, 15 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds, and 3 steals. Boys Basketball on Tuesday, February 7th. Indian Creek lost to Mooseheart, 72-65. Kiwani beat Mendota, 48-35. Kiwani was led by Blaze Lewis, 13 points. Brady Clark's 15. Mendota's Rafa Romero had 11. Lamoille falls to Imsa, 58-25. For Lamoille, Eli Kehing had 10 points, 5 rebounds. 
Princeton, 84. St. Bede, 48. Marquette, 62. Serena, 60. Tommy Durden made a layup with three seconds left on the clock to give Marquette the victory. Seneca, 67. Streeter, 45. Putnam County, 53. Fieldcrest, 46. Burrow Valley, 59. Hall, 47. And the final day of our win-lose stat, Wednesday, February 8th, girls basketball, Sterling Falls, 57-46 to Galesburg. Burrow Valley, 58. Riverdale, 54. For BV, Katie Salisbury had 28 points. Genoa Kingston, 40. Hinkley Big Rock, 30. Newark, 32. Putnam County, 19. For PC, Ava Hatton had 9. Marquette beat St. Bede, 53-27. For the Lady Crusaders, Lily Craig, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Keely Nelson, 10 points, 4 rebounds. And Chloe Larson had 10 points. Ottawa, 38. Rock Falls, 30. Anawan, 63. Mercer County, 60. Bella Van Opdorp had 21 points for Anawan. Boys basketball, AFC 70, Amboy 34. AFC was led by Lane Koning, he had 16, and Caleb Goldman, he had 14. Amboy's Kyler McNich and Troy Anderson had 9 each. Polo, 38. Fulton, 36. Ottawa lost to Dunlap, 69-62. That is win-lose stat, and that is a wrap on the intro as well. We have four, I almost said three, four great guests on this podcast. No need to talk about anything else. They'll do the talking for us and give us all kinds of entertainment as these chats, these combos are awesome. We'll be back real soon. Until then, until next time, peace. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card? What about take that vacation you've always wanted to take? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but no worries. You can apply for one of those online too. Check out FSB Premier's account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Golf season now over with state tournament pass. We've been talking to state qualifiers, state placers, state medalists, all that good stuff over the last few episodes. And we can't leave this golfer out by no means. And I am talking about Kiwani senior Maya Maroka. Maya, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well, but probably not as well as you were doing on the golf course throughout the season. Yeah, it was a pretty good season for me. Was this expected? I know you've been golfing for quite some time. Was this an expectation of what you wanted to do for your senior year? Yeah, I've been working really hard just my whole high school career and all through middle school, and it's just been leading up to this point. So I'm really happy with what I could achieve this season. And you finished eighth Class 1A state tournament or state competition. That had to feel amazing. Did you jump up for joy, throw a club, do a backflip? Did you do any of that stuff? 
it was pretty awesome, but I wasn't that excited. (laughs) (laughs) Going into the tournament, obviously you've had a good season, you know you're playing well. Did you expect eighth place? I was really hoping for top 10. Uh, After the first day, I was definitely thinking that I could place. I was uh, in sixth after the first day. So uh, I was just really hoping for that finish. But I knew it would just come down to how many bogeys I had and how I could make up strokes. Gotcha. And how did you make those up? Well, I really tried to keep my bogeys to a minimum. I really didn't want to have anything over a bogey, so no doubles, no triples, nothing like that. And that course especially, just keeping it in play was the best thing I could do there. Gotcha. And every single time I do this, I always want to say Prairie Vista, but that's the boys. Where do the girls play state at again? Red Tail Run. Red Tail Run. And I've heard that's a lot of people's favorite course. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, When you're hitting the ball pretty straight and you're making a lot of putts, it can be a great course. And that's in as an indicator? Yes. Gotcha. So kind of a little haul for you and Kiwani. Oh, yeah, definitely. How long does it take from Kiwani to Decatur? Um, About two and a half hours. But for a state competition, you're like, you know what? I'll suck it up. I'll, I'll make the trip. Oh, yeah. It was definitely worth the trip. Now, how many other times have you made it to state? I made it my freshman year with my team, and then sophomore year was COVID, So, but I would have advanced based on the scores. And then my junior year, I had a really tough sectional tournament, so I didn't advance then, but uh, all the other years, I would have advanced. So you're a three-time qualifier. Yes. And this was your, you got a medal for eighth place, right? I did. So your first state medal? First state medal, yep. Awesome. Do you have it put up somewhere cool? Is it in safe, safe location? Oh, yeah. Definitely hanging up in my room. Does it have a force field around it? No, but that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> no superhero golf god has came and put something around it so it doesn't get messed up. No, not yet, but I'm expecting it. It's going to happen. It's got to. Yeah. A couple years ago, you guys qualified for state now this year you went uh how has it been playing at kiwani and you know you guys got a golf course there there's so many great golf courses in the area it's probably been pretty cool for somebody that loves golf oh yeah it's uh an awesome place to play baker is pretty hard compared to a lot of the courses around the area in my opinion just on the length and a lot of the courses are a lot shorter so it's pretty awesome that i get to practice there and really practice the long ball Say practice the long ball. Is that one of your strengths of your game, or what is your strength? Yeah, I would definitely say my drives are hit or miss some days, but I really try to get my drives longer, so then it gives me a better advantage at shorter courses. One thing I like to ask, or I want to know, I mean, if you're playing golf, you're pretty much an athlete or want to be or, you know, you're trying. But to me, golf is a mental game, and I feel like the ones that are the best at golf – somehow get over the letdowns and the, uh, hey, I don't think I can do this and that kind of stuff. What do you do? What do you tell yourself? What do you prepare yourself for to make sure that doesn't happen to you? Well, I always tell myself that, you know, the next hole, you could birdie, you could even just a par after a bad hole is a great thing. You know, if you have a couple bogeys in a row or you just have one really bad hole I just always try to think of okay the next hole I can do this I can make a long putt I can have a great shot it's just all up to the next hole on what my round's gonna go like finishing eighth at state you didn't have 
many of that those two rounds, did you? No, I didn't really have any uh, higher scores on polls. You were like, I was in the groove. I was in the groove, thankfully. What did you do to get in that groove? Was it just like, hey, that day you were feeling it? Or was uh, did you listen to music? Did you, you know, have a breakfast? What are things that you do to make sure you're in a groove when you get to the golf course? Well, when I get to the golf course, I just go to the range, hit. I try to make sure that I'm in a good mood. And I always just tell myself if I'm not hitting well that it'll be better on the course. And if the greens are tough on the putting greens, I always just tell myself to trust the feel. And I just always try to stay in a positive mood before a tournament, just because if I'm in a bad mood, then the first tee is just not going to go well. So what I hear out of this is positivity is the key. Yes. Is this something you kind of live life by or just on the golf course? Oh, definitely. You know, like when you're having a bad week at school and it's just not going great, you have a ton of tests, I just... Try to stay positive and make sure I'm not sad about it or anything like that. Can't be sad, especially not on a golf course. No, I agree. It's always a good time on the golf course. Definitely. With driving being your strength, what is a weakness that you will, you know, probably continue to work on as you get older and continue to play golf? Well, the number one thing I feel like I need to work on from this season is my putting. It got a lot stronger towards the end of the season, and I got a new putter this season, so I was just trying to figure out the feel and the different weight of it. So I will definitely continue practicing that even into the winter time. Okay. Was finishing eighth at state, is that your career top highlight at the moment? Yes. What's second? I would say... I have a couple top finishes at regionals and conference. I believe I have two top finishes at conference and one at regionals. I'm very happy with those accomplishments I've made through my high school career. Definitely. And you should be. Congratulations on everything you've been able to do on the golf course. Thank you. Do you play any other sports for Kiwani? I do. Uh, I do bowling and track also. Okay. A little mix it up here. You're on the golf course, and you go to the bowling alley, and then you do track. What events do you do in track? Uh, in track, I throw shot put and discus. Okay. Yeah, no running for me. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. If driving is your you know, number one strength in golf, then it makes sense to be a thrower. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any plans to continue golf after high school? Yeah, I'm hoping to. I'm really trying to uh, get working on recruiting and putting some videos up online so then colleges can hopefully look at me and sending out emails and just all that stuff. But I was really wanting to finish up my uh, state season so I could uh, put up my stats and see how I did. And hopefully that will draw some coaches in. Hopefully. That's always the, the hope, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Maya Maroka, senior at Kiwani. Again, congratulations on a great senior campaign. And I mean, you qualified for state three years. So it just wasn't your senior year. It was your entire career. Thank you for joining us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you so much. Now, is there a coach somewhere in the building? Yep, there is. (laughs) Ryan Hansen, how are you, man? Good, how are you? Not too bad. I mean, you had to be pretty proud, pretty ecstatic of what Maya was able to do on the golf course. Yeah, you know, she had a great season, and she ended it with a great top 10 finish. Were you expecting that? She said, hey, I was kind of thinking top 10. Were you in the same boat with her? Yes, especially after regional, she was playing well. 
confident, looked confident. Everything about her was confident. She, I expected a top 10. I always wonder with coaches that have, especially in golf, because if they're a golfer, they can golf all year long. Well, I, we'll say the the when weather permits it. So weather permitting, you don't really need a coach. You can practice all you want to, and they're usually athletes. So for to be a coach in golf, you get these athletes that are really, really good. What do you as a coach try to do with them? I mean, they know what they're doing. Do you try to help them? Do you try to just guide them as a coach? How do you make them better without, I guess, stepping on their toes? With Maya, a lot of it was I would try to stay out of her way. And if she had questions, I would help whatever she had a question about. But for the most part, it's, you know, she knows what she needs to work on. She knows her strengths and weaknesses. She's going to figure it out. I'm just going to try to stay out of the way unless she needs help. And she'll come ask them. And obviously, we're to perfection this year. Yeah. I mean, obviously, every player coach wants to finish first or wants their player to finish first but you have to be pretty proud about an eighth place finish in, co- in class 1a mm-hmm. that's a huge accomplishment because there's hundreds of golfers in the 1a class and the top 10 is pretty impressive what is your background with golf before you took over the kiwani golf program i've played golf since i was like seven years old um, i played for kiwani i played in college for a couple years so i've been around it my whole life pretty much Gotcha. And then when did you come back to Kiwani to coach? Well, right after my uncle retired from coaching here, my mom took it over for a year and then I took it over. So So this has been a family coaching legacy almost. Yes. Wow. What's your, you said your uncle? Yes. What's his name? Kirk Freestone. And then your mom? Yes, Candy Hanson. And then now we got Ryan Hanson. So how many years does this span with your family running the Kiwani golf program? Uh, I want to say he took over in 2007 or so, so 15 years or so. Okay. That's got to be a cool family thing. You go to a family reunion or just over to mom's house for dinner and like, hey, you got something in common that you can all talk about. Right. Yeah, it is. It's it's special. Did they kind of set it up that way? Did they push you to the golf course or you just kind of leaned into that? A little bit of both. My grandpa was an instructor, so at an early age, I was golfing. I didn't really take an interest. I was probably 10 or 11 that I really got interested in it and took it up for my own liking. So, yeah. So now is Maya the first state golfer you've had? Yes, she is the first state golfer. Probably one you're not going to forget. No, not one I'm going to forget anytime soon. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, what were some things that you saw with her? Like you said, you could you took a hands-off approach. What were some things that you saw with her throughout the season that you know made you think that she was going to be top 10? She just seemed a lot more confident in everything she was doing. Because my last year was my first year. A lot of things where she would second-guess shot. Like, I think she was doing. I was riding the heat bus. The heat bus has arrived. I was riding the heat bus. The heat bus outside waiting. And we are still in school. I love it. <laughs> yep. She was second-guessing a lot. Where, like, this year, it was pretty confident in everything she was doing. And it showed on the golf course. Everything she did was just confident and going well. Kind of goes back to what Maya and I were talking about. The head game. Got to be confident and can't let those little bad shots or a bad hole get you down. You have to stay confident and positive. And obviously, she wasn't just telling it to the podcast. She does do it if the coach says it right behind her. Yep, she was doing it this year for sure. We talked to Maya. We talked to Coach Ryan Hansen. The family legacy continues Thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and you keep pushing out 
awesome golfers. We'll keep calling or bugging you to get you on the podcast. Sounds good. Thanks for having us on. The interview you just heard with Kiwani golf coach Ryan Hansen and Kiwani senior Maya Marocha, plus LaSalle Peru senior Carly Miller, which you're going to hear next. And after a little bit, legendary Hall football coach Gary Vassini. All of these brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, the staff of general manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for the last three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. On my way to a game as an official, I'm starting to do this like five, six days a week. But doing this, we got to keep the Edge of Your Seat podcast conversations flowing. And we're going to do that right now, right here with Carly Miller from LaSalle, Peru Tennis. She's a senior and had a fantastic, fantastic season. Carly, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm ready to talk some tennis. You probably talk tennis like every day. Oh, yeah. Every day. (laughs) Is that your number one sport? Yeah. Is it your only sport? Yep, I only play tennis. Nice. Have you ever played anything else? Yeah, so I did cheerleading for four years, and then I did volleyball for one year in grade school. Okay, and then you're like, you know what? All this other stuff, it's cool, but just not me. I just want to play tennis. Yeah, I decided to quit cheerleading after sophomore year to just focus down on tennis and it really paid off. Okay, so you've been playing kind of year-round since then? Yeah, I've been playing tennis for 11 years, too. Wow, so 11 years altogether, and then the last couple since you decided to back away from everything else, kind of going year-round. Right, yeah. Gotcha. 11 years, and what, you're 17, 18? 18, yeah. Wow, so you've been playing tennis for more than half of your life. Yeah, it's crazy how long I've been playing. It doesn't even feel like it though, does it? No, the years have been like gone by so fast, it's crazy. Let's talk about this year, senior year, and you make it to state. Talk about that feeling of getting out of the sectional and going to state. That had to have been an amazing feeling. Yeah, so I was definitely really excited to go back to state. This is my third time qualifying for state, and I was just really excited to see what would happen up there. Did you not get to play your one of those other years for qualifying because of COVID? Yeah, so the first year when I qualified for state was sophomore year, and we didn't have a state tournament because of COVID. But you did get to play last year? Right. Gotcha. 
being there before, playing there last year, was there any nerves? You kind of knew how it would go. What was your, you know, thought process going in? I mean, I always get nervous for every tournament that I play in, and especially state because that's the real deal. But definitely having success at state last year boosted my confidence for this year, and I wasn't as nervous as I was last year. Gotcha. So a little because, hey, it's a tournament and it's the biggest of the biggest, but in terms of just being there, you're like, hey, I can play here. Right, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Did you have some LP players come with you? Yeah, so both of our doubles teams qualified for state this year, which was really cool. Awesome. How was it being there with your teammates? You know, them cheering you on, you cheering them on. Yeah, it was a really fun experience because last year we only had one doubles team, so having more girls really changed the atmosphere and just made it a really fun experience for me. And if you can tell me the girls in the doubles teams, I've said them on this podcast when I go over all the, you know, stats and state stuff. Yeah, so our first doubles team that made it was Emmy Hackenberger and Ava Landon. And then the second doubles was Kaylee Reese and Izzy Pohar. Okay, so five of you went down there. Yeah, and then since five of us qualified, we got to bring five alternates. So we had a lot of girls. Nice. Yeah. So it was a whole Cavalier, Lady Cavalier road trip. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. <laughs> did you guys stay in a hotel together? Yeah, we did. Because State is at, where is State for tennis? Uh, it's held up in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. So you guys are like, hey, let's make a vacation out of this one. <laughs> yeah. So being in the LaSalle Peru program for four years, it seems like you guys have somebody go to State every year. I know the players around the area are great. You throw in Aaron Gunther being a pretty amazing tennis player himself and a good coach, and it seems like a winning formula. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. What is it about Gunther that you know makes him a good coach and makes LP produce state qualifying tennis players every year? Yeah, I feel like Coach Gunther has a really good balance at practice between having fun but yet working hard. And I feel like if one of those sides is missing, then you won't gain success. So I think that's the main reason why LP Tennis has such a good record. So when you did get to state, you won your first match. That had to be an amazing feeling as well. Yeah, it was a very great feeling. Did you win a match at state last year? Yeah, so last year at state, I won three matches and then lost two matches. But then this year, unfortunately, I had a bad draw, and I went one and two, one and two at state this year. So no matter where you enter, you're almost you're guaranteed two losses. Right, it's a double elimination. Gotcha. So this year didn't fare as well, but you had some tougher competition. Oh, yeah. I had to play uh, most of Chicago girls, so they're unbelievable how they play. They're very good. I say this routinely, in person, on this podcast, all the time. I feel in high school sports, tennis is the toughest because there's only two divisions and 1A schools are playing, I mean, tennis metropolitan areas where these kids are playing tennis from the time they're born. Yeah, it's definitely a little unfair, but 
I like being pushed with good competition, so it's all good. You're like, hey, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just makes you better in the long run. Did you feel, uh, even though you went one and two at state, did you feel those matches made you a better tennis player and kind of open your eyes for the future if you're going to continue to play? Yeah, I was definitely disappointed with my results at state, but I feel like I played the best I possibly could and honestly the best I ever have played. So I really have no regrets. None at all? Yep, none. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in the Chicago area, did you at least have some good food? Yeah, we went to Chick-fil-A, Cold Stone, and Raisin Cane's. All delicious. Yeah. What's your favorite out of those three? Um, probably Chick-fil-A. Although, I think it's overrated. Chick-fil-A is good. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. I thought you were going to agree with me and say, yeah, it's pretty overrated. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of my favorites. Oh, uh, so you're like, hey, I'm not going to agree with you there. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little overrated, but not entirely. It's all good. It is good. It is good. I like, I like uh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I mean, we talked about other LP players, stuff like that, being at the state tournament. We're talking about restaurants and hotels and stuff like that. How did it help for future friendships or, you know, the friendships you have now to last longer with that kind of experience? Yeah, definitely the experience of state just allows for so much bonding with the girls because you don't experience going to state many times in your life, so you share those experiences forever. Pretty awesome. Do you have any best friends or anybody that was there that, uh, you know, that this is probably going to be brought up a lot? I mean, I'm close with a lot of the girls. My best friend on the team, unfortunately, couldn't go, which was sad, but I'm still friends with all of them, and it was a great time. Besides tennis, are you involved in anything else at LaSalle Peru High School? Yeah, at LP, I'm involved in two clubs, which are Link Crew and Harbor Homeroom. All right, we'll start with Linked Crew. What is that? So, Link Crew is basically just a club where consists of juniors and seniors and basically we're trained for freshman orientation to just make the freshmen feel at home and, and comfortable at LP. Kind of just a senior leader helping out the kids. Yeah, we run them through a bunch of activities and team bonding things just to open their eyes to high school and just get them involved. Awesome. So it's no initiation process, just, hey, welcome to high school. This is what we do. Yeah, it's a fun day. And then you said... Harbor Homeroom. What is Harbor Homeroom? So, Harbor Homeroom consists of sophomores through seniors, and we're trained to lead discussions on various topics like stress, time management, anxiety, things like that, just to bring the topics to surface and just allow students to talk about their feelings and discuss ways to cope with certain things. Okay, so kind of another senior leadership type of deal. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome when seniors, or even juniors sometimes, you know, step up and take a, you know, a helping hand in helping the little kids or the younger kids. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely is a cool experience. Do you have any plans uh, to keep in a leadership role or to play tennis after high school in college or somewhere? Yeah, so I... I'm actually going to play tennis at Coe College. Awesome. Where's that at? 
It's in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Okay. What are you going to study there? I'm going to major in psychology and criminal justice. Nice. So you want to be somebody important. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. What kind of career field do you want to go into? My big dream for careers is an FBI agent, but... Uh, my second backup option is a lawyer. So your backup option is a lot of people's number one priority or something that they wish they could do. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty hard to get into the FBI, so it's good to just have a solid backup plan. Well, your plan A and plan B sound amazing, and I know you're going to do what you got to do to get it done. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carly Miller, senior with the LaSalle Peru tennis team, went to state, won a match at state, had a fantastic career for the Lady Cavaliers. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, chatting with us. Thank you for having me. Hello, Mendota, Sterling, Amboy, Ottawa, and others who are seeing surf internet in their communities. Resolve to make stronger connections with surf fiber internet right now. Get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on a home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Not every day you get to talk to a legendary high school coach in the Illinois Valley. I'm honored right now. I've seen this guy around. I've wrote his name a million times. I have been to the fields that he has destroyed opponents on, all that other stuff, but have never got the chance to speak with him one-on-one to have him share his thoughts, his memories with me or with the audience or with a newspaper story. Here we are. Gary Vecini. Mostly known for his career with the Hall Red Devil football team and the baseball team. It is an honor, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for joining us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, that's quite a lead in. <laughs> it's been a long time since uh, having an interview, but uh, this is great. Thank you. No problem. Like I said, I have pretty much wrote your name almost as much as mine when I was at the News Tribune. Uh, The things that you were able to do with Hall, especially the football team, I mean, you were there for quite a while. You won two state championships in 95 and 2001 and had a runner-up finish in 1996 in Class 3A. I mean, we'll start right there. Let's talk about these football teams and how you were able to, you know, manage high school boys tempers and attitudes and those type of things and get them to play the game of football at a championship level you know brandon as you were saying you know 25 years as a head coach that's a long time and over my years starting in 1984 to i retired in 0809 there was quite a change but overall Kids don't change. I think the coaches have to adjust to the kids a little bit. You know, and I will say this. Uh, I had a great coaching staff uh, throughout my career. We were on staff, and uh, everybody, everyone made a great effort to contribute. It was just a fantastic 25 years. So the 1995 to 2001 teams were uh, obviously state champions, and uh, the 96 was a runner-up. Those were some great years. They really were. Let's talk about just the 
atmosphere. I mean, win a state championship in an area like we are in the Illinois Valley, then Spring Valley, a small town, rural Illinois, kind of in the middle of nowhere if you don't know where it is, and your state champions twice in a matter of six years. Just the fan involvement, the community, what did it mean for you to be able to coach that community to that level of success? Well, I think that 95 game, obviously, I, I want to say we're 10 points down with a little over two minutes to go. I think some people had left for Spring Valley thinking that the game was over. We came back, we won. I will tell you, when the bus came back into Spring Valley over Route 89, uh, coming into Spring Valley, it was just an awesome sight. Just unbelievable. I believe might have been the first championship. I, I believe St. Bede won a a baseball championship, but for football, it was the first one in the Illinois Valley. And uh, But for Spring Valley itself and the surrounding communities, uh, it was a, just an awesome sight coming into town that night. I bet. For your 25 seasons, were you at Hall for all of those on the football field? Yeah, actually, uh, it was my first job and only job. I uh, was hired in 1976. I was a head baseball coach and sophomore football coach. Coached uh, eight years as a... Uh, under-level coach and three years in there assisting John Tippinger as a head football coach as the offensive coordinator. And in 1984 um, was my first coaching job as head coach. And from there, it just took off. I uh, graduated from Otto High School in 72, went to Illinois Wesleyan and played football and baseball there, graduated in 76. And like I said, actually Dan Darlington, who is a Famous football coach from Morris uh, had left Hall to uh, leave for Morris for the head football job, and his position was open, and that's how I got hired at Hall High School. A little history lesson there, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I appreciate it. I need it sometimes. Yeah. So your tenure at Ottawa as a student, what sports did you play for the Pirates? Uh, you know what? Back then, everybody played. A lot of people played three sports. I played football basketball, baseball. Uh, Dean Riley was my uh, head football or head basketball coach at Ottawa in basketball, but Bill Novak, he's a Hall of Fame coach, was my head football coach at uh, Ottawa. Jim Sutherland, who was my head baseball coach at Ottawa. Back then, three sports was just something that I think everybody did back in the 70s. Uh, I don't think that was a rarity. I think those are some of the things that have changed, but uh, back then, you were just active and everything. Definitely. Was there anything else to do besides play sports? Uh, not really. I, <laughs> I, I, I was. I, I guess I was a gym rat, you know, from the day go. And the other thing is, there wasn't a lot of time to do other things. But uh, you, you didn't have uh, traveling squads. You didn't like everything that has changed now, where it seems like athletes do traveling squads and that. Traveling squads was not even around, so you, you you played the individual sports. You played for the coaches that coached, and uh, it was a fun time during back then. Since you are multi-sport in nature, what's the list? How do you rank them as your favorite to least favorite? Oh, I think football was my favorite, and then baseball, and then basketball. When I came to Hall, actually, I was the freshman basketball coach for two years and a sophomore coach in uh, basketball for one year and then uh, children came along and I <laughs> I opted just for football and baseball and so uh, family came first in that, that respect but uh, football was always my favorite and I, I think that was one of the 
favorite things I liked about Illinois Wesson at the time, we were an NAIA team at the time, and uh, we could play football. Uh, there was no spring practice in the, in the spring, so we could play baseball. So baseball was uh, my second uh, favorite sport and got to play that in college. So it, it turned out really well for me. Let's talk about your postseason success in any sport. I mean, football, you made it to the postseason 20 times in 25 seasons, and you won three regionals and 17 years leading the baseball team. What was the difference between regular season to postseason and major teams? I don't know if they played better or just succeeded. What was the you know duty, your job, to get them to succeed in the postseason? Well, in baseball, it, it, it came down to... You know, we had Tom Yearly and John Thompson in the 80s, and back then there was there was not a pitch count. You just made a run with a couple of pitchers back then when I coached baseball. And in football, I'll tell you, my, my first couple of years, my first three years uh, were not very successful. And I, and I will say this, Brandon, uh, I give a lot of credit to my 87 football team because uh, the seniors that came back, 86, they were, our team was 0-9. That was the first year coming back in 87 that we made the playoffs. We finished 7-2. We won the very first playoff game against Prairie Central, and then we lost to Mendota in the second round. But uh, 87 uh, football teams started it all. And then after that, it was just a uh, fact that everybody wanted to start being part of Hall football. When it catches fire, it catches fire. It's one of those things in a small town that, you're right, if there's a spark and people leach onto it, then all of a sudden everybody is. Well, I want to say, too, for the, the first, I, I don't know for sure the year, but Hall never had, or Spring Valley and the LaSalle Prairie, I think, never had youth football. And then we started youth football in the La, LaSalle Prue, Spring Valley area, and I, I really believe that really helped our program uh, developed our kids. We had some great coaches that took part in the, uh, our, I want to say, our Spring Valley League. We had two teams for a lot of the years. Those kids just kept following the Hall football program. And we had Hall alumni that came back and, and coached those teams. And they sort of just uh, ran us right into our program. And then obviously with some winning, great success. And that's what happened with our program. You're already a member of so many Hall of Fames. You're a member of the inaugural Hall High School Hall of Fame. You're in the Illinois High School Football Coaches Hall of Fame and the Borough County Sports Hall of Fame. We're adding a fourth one with the Illinois Valley News Tribune Hall of Fame. What does it mean for you to get in this one? I mean, it's kind of expanded. Uh, the News Tribune's always had a vast area, and you're in the third class. I mean, what does that mean to you? I guess, I guess I want to say laughing. I guess longevity speaks for itself, Brandon. It's great. I mean, there there's so many athletes that way before I became in the Illinois Valley. I mean, I know I came from Ottawa, but uh, just being in this class and being included in the Illinois Valley Hall of Fame is, is a great honor. And uh, I know there's a lot of athletes, teams, uh, individuals, and outside that are, are very welcome into this uh Hall of Fame. We'll say longevity has, I guess, its uh, value, but uh, it, it's a great honor, and I, I'm very appreciative of it. Awesome. You do got to get the 
rest of the background, uh, let's talk about family. You said a couple kids came along. Let's talk about the wife and kids. Well, I want to tell you, I moved to Spring Valley in uh, 76 and built a home in 92. Uh, I have three daughters, and God bless them all. Very supportive, and you know what? That probably the best thing. I never had a son, so I didn't have to coach and, and uh, be harsh on them. But uh, my wife, Lisa, daughters, Gina, Catherine, and Claire, they all have, uh, have six grandkids. Gina lives out in uh, California. So we're going out there in April to see my two, Billy and Claire Cruz, uh, live in Wheaton and have three grandchildren. And uh, my daughter, Catherine and Andrew, live in Chicago and have a little granddaughter, Titi. Love them all. I do still sub at Hall High School and keep in contact with uh, the coaches and some of the athletes. And it's great to uh, talk to some of the kids about uh, what former football was at, was like at Hall High School. That was my next question. You were a teacher at Hall this whole time, too, as well, right? Yeah, I was hired in uh, physical education and uh, driver education. Back in 76, Frank Camoni was the athletic director and hired me. They offered me the uh, sophomore football job and uh, freshman basketball and then head baseball. So, again, back then, I was single <laughs> at the time. I said, I got a young guy. I coached three sports. Again, being a gym rat, I said, yeah, what the heck? And uh, I loved it. Met Lisa in uh, 77, went on from there, and so we're still here. Well, I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. We need Gary Vecini yeah. here, that's for sure. Yep. Awesome. What are some of your, you know, fondest memories? I know that's hard to say, you know, 25 years, football field, but... Outside of the state championships, do you have any memories of, you know, maybe a defeat or, you know, a precarious situation that your team or you were able to battle through that, you know, you kind of still have locked in your head? I, I think there's two teams. I think the 87 team, uh, again, I say after coming off 0-9, you know, I, I was on the ropes a little bit uh, in the community and so forth, which... I think we was like three and six, one and eight, no and nine, my first three years. So young guy, uh, not knowing for sure what my destiny was. and But I had a great bunch of juniors coming back as seniors, and they dedicated themselves. And, and making that playoff run and having a nice year in uh, 87 really put us over the hump. I want to say the uh, 89 football team stands out in my mind also we were one and three and uh, on the verge of not making the playoffs we played Kiwani and ended up beating them 21 to 20 or 22 to 21 and we went on like an eight or nine game win streak and got all the way to the semifinals and got beat by Caneland. P.J. Fleck people might know that name was on that team for Caneland and they defeated us at home but that was a great football team a lot of good memories, a lot of fun for the coaches, a lot of fun for the players. Those are a couple of memories right now, Brandon, that stand out. I'm so appreciative of the Illinois Valley and News Tribune for uh, you know honoring me at this time. And I will say, I think I might have come up one other time, but ironically, I go on vacation at, at certain times in June, and uh, I'm glad that they made uh, an effort. I wasn't able to make the... Um, the 95 Hall of Fame team because I was on a, a vacation in June. So uh, I am very appreciative of the New Supreme and the staff 
for making this uh, uh, available to me to be there. It'll be fun. Definitely. Gary Vecini, like I said, it's an honor to talk to you. Glad we got to jump in the mind of a iconic coach. What does that mean to you to, to hear that? Legendary, iconic, Hall of Fame coach. When you sit back and think, like, all these things that people call you, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, I, I laugh a little bit. You know, it, it's funny because when I sub at Hall High School, I talk to some of the kids that are, like, sophomores and I asked them, what year were you born? And they said, like, 2013. And I said, well, you know, I retired in 2019. So uh, you were only, like, six years old and so forth. So a lot of those kids aren't real familiar who I am. Some of the boys are. But uh, it's fun to think back what happened. There are trophies in the trophy case. There's a lot of super athletes that went through in the 90s and the 2000s that played football for us great coaching staff. It, it was a lot of fun to say that I'm, you know, a legend. No, I, I, I just coach high school football, Brandon, and uh, leave it at that. Okay, okay. I understand. I like the humbleness. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We'll do a real outro now. Thank you very, very much for chatting with us. Thank you very much, Brandon.